All right, Woof Den's Saturday set time, and we are full steam ahead. Magic Millions Day, one of the great racing punting days of the year. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's usually a pretty tough day. They, um, they come from all over the country. They win at any old price. They often come from any part of the track. Are you nervous about the day? I'm always nervous about Magic Millions Day. Right. It hasn't been one of my better days. Mm. Uh, we're up there last year, and it was raining. It's going to yeah. be wet there again. I think it's but, a soft seven at the moment, but we're behaving ourselves. Remember we're, they had to call in... it off after a few? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah, we're at the Pubble Day. New track this year, though. Yeah, new track. Apparently, it's yeah. performing real well. Hello, Fizzer. How are you, mate? G'day, boys. How, How are you? How do you normally find Magic Millions Day? Uh, yeah, I vowed never to bet on it last year after last year's carnival. But, but, um, but like I'm all back punters, you're back. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to have a bet. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, we're going to get straight into it. Um, there's only two feature races we're going to talk about today. They're pretty obvious. The two-year-old Magic Millions and the three-year-old Magic Millions Guineas race. Yep. Let's start with the biggest race of the day, the two-year-old Magic Millions, 1,200 metres. What are you thinking? Um, I think I want to see how the track's playing. So I went and watched all the replays again from last Saturday. Very hard to make ground out wide. Mm -hmm. Most of the winners either led or uh, were back on the fence. You could make ground, but you sort of cut the corner and had to be on the fence. So that was on a good track. This is this is a soft seven. They are tipping a bit of rain. So a lot of this is a bit track dependent. If the inside was off, it's going to change things a lot. But let's just let's assume that you sort of got to be on the fence there. The Magic Millions, two-year-old, I thought uh, the value in the race was Arabian Summer. Mm-hmm. One on the tracks, I'd seen the track, won there last week very well. Uh, gets off the speed battle. There's obviously going to be a lot more pace in these races and that's why it's hard sometimes these races because they run at such a higher tempo than the than they, uh, horses have been in. Mm. But the horse that has run at a high tempo is Storm, Storm Boy. Yeah. Uh, $2.00. 40 favourite, not much value for me. Short I think enough. there's two yeah. hopes. Yeah, probably short enough. I think there's two hopes, value Arabian Summer, my only bet in the race. What do you think, Fizz? I'm exactly the same as you. I've got Stormboy, Arabian Summer in that order, but only one with value there is Arabian Summer. The other one's so much shorter in the market. I did think there was a sneaky chance. Um, a good mate of mine who's a very good judge has an opinion of race eight, number 11, Emo's Cube. He said it's, he thinks it's a quality horse. And uh, Big odds. I value his... It's about $21. Yeah, nice. So I value his opinion. Okay, very good. Thank you, Fizzer. So we're going to move to the three-year-old Magic Millions guineas over 1,400 metres. Before we do, I just want to quickly talk about something. So Cliff Little owns the horse, which is just about favourite, Sofrado. You probably don't know this. But what is interesting about Cliff Little is he won $40 million in lotto a few years ago. Hey, wow. And he said about buying quite (laughs) a lot of horses. And he's got this one. He owns it outright. He plonked down, I think, $320,000 in the Magic Millions for this horse. It's obviously a great horse. Good luck to him. question I have for... All of you, and even you, Uncle Malvin, over there. If you won forty million, <laughs> when the money hit your bank account, how much would you put into your out wide bank account that you would just spend on betting and buying horses? What do you think is a reasonable amount? Thirty nine point nine nine million. <laughs> <laughs> Fizza, how much would you put in your out wide account to spend on horses and betting? It's a good question, but I think I'd put in fifteen million into the punning and twenty five <laughs> mil elsewhere. Okay, fifteen million is about fair. Yeah. I think I'd be ten. Uncle Malvin over there. Yeah, like 15, 20, something like that. Very good, very good. All right, let's get into the race. So what did you make of the race? Uh, well, it's a massive field. There's yeah. 19, 20 horses in here. So bias-dependent, track-dependent, whether the inside's good, the outside's off, who knows what's going to happen. So I'm just going to talk about a complete lottery. But just off my numbers, the overlays are number six, Defiant Spirit, number 10, Sydney Bowler, mm-hmm. number 12, The King, and number 19, Show Me Mercy. All good odds, all double-figure odds except for uh, 
Sydney Bowler, who's won three out of three. So I just really want to see how the track's playing. But a lot of those roughies are drawn wide barriers. If the inside's off, I'm going to have a good crack at them. Oh, delicious. All right, great mm. stuff. Fizzer? Uh, I have found abounding in this race, nine number number 13. Um, it'll be a small bet for me Saturday in what King says, a very, very hard race. Fantastic. Why don't we keep with you, Fizz, and roll into your Saturday set, please? No worries, mate. Um, I'm going to start in Flemington, race seven, number five, horse called Green Belt. Um, it's coming off three uh, jump outs, won its last two. It's had a really long break, but I think they're going to set for this one first up. So pretty keen on it um, first up. Then Murray Bridge, race six, number six, one of my better bets for the day, Exalted Dame. Um, last start, three wide on speed on quite a reasonable tempo. And this time out it goes to 1,400, which looks perfect, and I reckon it's ready to win. And then I'm going to Gold Coast. I think we line up on this one, the King and I. Race seven, number three, standout, clear-cut, short price favourite for me, King of Sparta. That's it. J-Mark on board. Looks Six a good bet. stand and cheer. One of those jobs, eh? Hopefully. King's own. <laughs> uh, my three bests. Confident about all three. Let's uh, go to the last race of the day first. Ascot, race nine, number seven, Esprit Garçon. Won three out of three. Looks a real horse with a lot of upside. Some serious sectional domination going on here. Just the horses go in places. It will sit exactly the same sort of setup as last Saturday. So super confident. Uh, then we go to Murray Bridge, race seven, number five, Billy Bronx. What I really like about this horse is the map. He's going to cross from about barrier 13, gets three kilos off, straight to the front, easy lead. The horse has ability. It's won its first two, and then it's gone off a bit. Didn't have much luck last start, but I really like the map for this horse. She's got to go straight to the front and hopefully can just keep going. Um, and I'm with the Fizza, and I'm with Dream Team. Three-way go. Gold Coast race seven, number three, King of Sparta. J-Mac down in grade. Uh, comes from the same map as a lot of the winners came from on, sa- on Saturday. If the inside is off, that's the only query, but just looks too good. Unreal. Great set. We have a new segment in the Saturday set. It's called the Saturday set 18 tips. Now, you can read that any way you want. You could say that it's like Australia race, so it's the second, the second grade team of tippers <laughs> on the Saturday set. Or you could say Who's it's in the A team? Uh, the A team is Dan O'Sullivan, the great Dan O'Sullivan, everyone's yep. favourite punter. Chris yep. Camilleri, legend yep. of the Den, been with us since day one, does a fantastic job for us. And Dream Team Matt Taylor, the biggest diva in the Den. Very good. Um, but so they're going to deliver us a Saturday set. Best bet each week. And here they are. I will read them out. So Chris Camilleri is going to go to Rose Hill. Dominant first up winner over the 2,000 metres. Just needs to reproduce that last start rating to be winning again and gets a soft run in behind the speed from the good draw. We move to Dan O's best bet of on Saturday. And it's Rose Hill race four, number two, Gallant Star. Comes off an excellent win last start over 1,200 metres at Randwick where he was forced to back, was forced back from barrier 14. Travelled wide the trip and still made a long sustained run to finish over the top of Life's a Party with a space back to third. That's the best lead up rating into the race. He suited up to 1,300 metres with scope to improve after just seven starts and most importantly has drawn the inside, which will see him settle much closer like he typically does. An appealing bet at around $3.60. And then Dream Team, he's with you boys. Gold Coast Race 7, number three. We've said enough about it. Yes. I don't think I need to talk about it anymore. Now, you probably noticed that um, there's a little Ladbrokes uh, logo up in the left-hand corner, and that is because this episode is brought to you by our good friends at Ladbrokes. And you can join Ladbrokes today via the link in the description and support the podcast by using the code GALLOP. 
Take on the fun this Magic Millions with the Ladbrokes app loaded with the best racing features, including bet tickets so you can see where the big bets land, yard comments to give you the on-course insights straight from the parade ring, and black book so you can add your favourite runners and get notified before they race. So take on the fun and Ladbroke at this Magic Millions. There you go. How was that for my first ever Very good. live ad read? Very good. Excellent, excellent. Very good. Um, yeah, so it is, it's great to have Ladbrokes on board as a sponsor. Um, yes. I'm excited about it from the point of view that I'm very passionate about content. As everybody knows, Ladbrokes is second to none when it comes to content. Yes. And I'm definitely trying to um, leverage some of their resources and talent to increase our content output and quality. From a betting point of view, I love a bookie with an opinion and they yeah. have uh, – I don't know what they've done with their form the last sort of three three months or something, but over the carnival especially, they were taking on a lot of favourites. So it's good to see a bookie in the market with an opinion rather than just having the algo just spitting out what every other bookie's doing. Yeah, unreal. And their app's awesome as well. If you don't have their app, you've got to download it. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website. Um, what else can we talk about? Um, cricket? Cricket, yeah. The um, selections came out for the first test against the Windies. Pretty controversial. So Smudge Smith is going to open. No one cares what I think, but I'll just quickly say it. I think he's well. He's the best batsman in the team, and if he wants to open, he should be able to. He knows that, a bit about the game, doesn't he? Yeah, and then that obviously paves the way for Cameron Green to play. He's obviously a great all-rounder. Why don't we throw to Uncle Malvin, our resident cricket expert, and tell us what he thinks of the selection and what's been happening on that on the interwebs? Has there been blow-ups on the interwebs, Uncle Malvin? Mate, um, on Twitter you would have thought that Bradman got left out of the team this week. <laughs> um, but it's it's all about getting the six best batsmen into the team um, and making a space for them now with the emergence of uh, Mitch Marsh coming back to form. So they had to leave Cameron Green out, but now they can get him back into the team and we've got – the best six batsmen in Australia in that team, in my opinion, and I think in the opinion of the selectors. Um, Bancroft, Harris, you know, maybe they're unlucky. Bancroft's gone pretty well in shield cricket the last couple of years. But having said that, they've both played at least 10 tests each, I think, something around that. Um, Harris had played 24, about 20 in the 20s. There you go. Bancroft's played 10. So they've both no. had opportunities to, yeah. to nail down the position and they haven't been able to do that. They had to go back to Kawaja, you know, a couple of years ago, um, and I think as well that the ageing team has something to do with it. Cameron Green's only quite young. I think he's about 23 or something like that, 24. Um, the rest of the team is, you know, 30, 30-plus. 30 Marnus is the youngest at 29. There you go, Kings. Wow. So um, it's investing in the future. I would have gone rogue. I know a lot of people would probably bag this, but I would have gone with Fraser McGurk while we're playing the Windies and while we have a strong batting lineup. Yeah. They could have nurtured him through. Um, similar to David Warner, I think he's just, you know, people will say that he's a T20 player, but I just think he's talented. Uh-huh. It's just a once-in-a-generation talent. Um, he will play test cricket for Australia eventually, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, anyway, they've gone the way they've gone. Kings, your thoughts? I know you were pretty, pretty – uh, I think it's up. the right move. Steve Smith knows what he's doing. If he says he can open, he can open. Mm. We need some youth in there. So 29 minus is the youngest. Uh, Bancroft's played 10 tests for Australia, averages mid-20s. Harris has played 24 tests, I think, averages mid-20s. Cameron Green, he's played a lot more tests and averages 35. Cameron Green's 24. These other boys are 31. Like, we need youth. Cameron Green can bowl. Like, he adds. This is probably one of the best squads that Australia's ever produced. Mm. You go back to the days of Warren uh, and the War Boys, Gilchrist, like, as well. Edge. 
Gilchrist didn't start opening. Mark yeah. Wall didn't start as a, an opener. Mm. Like Kawaja didn't start as an opener. So if Smith says he can do yeah, it. If Smith wants to do it, you just say, there you go. Well, we you need go. to start planning for the future a little bit as well. Mm. Um, yeah. Cameron Green will captain Australia one day, there's no doubt. Fizzer? Yeah, no, I haven't investigated as hard as you guys, but all up for the team that they've picked. I prefer Cam Green in there than Bancroft or uh, I don't rate Marcus Harris much. Yeah. So, yeah, that's Australian Open opinion. starts Monday. I'm keen. Yeah. I want to see Alcaraz. I'm keen to bet up on Alcaraz, but I want to see him. He hasn't had many lead-up games from what I can see. The, so. the Demon beat him, I think, didn't he? Or something like no, that? Demon beat uh, Djokovic. Sure. And well, I didn't see. But I think he, uh, Demon beat Djokovic and Demon beat, uh, I think, Hune or yeah, right. yeah, I'm not 100% sure. Just back on Steve Smith opening the batting quickly as well. Um, you see a lot of short pitch bowling at him in the middle overs and stuff like that. I think if he can open the batting and at least for the first 30, 35 overs, they have to pitch up so he can get himself into his innings and into the game. Whereas now he's coming in after with, a, with an older ball and they're just bouncing him, which is obviously his uh, sort of weakness and he, and he can't score. So... That might help him as now, well. If I've ever seen free money, it's the dollar fourteen on offer Australia <laughs> against the West Indies. If there's no rain around, just if I had that forty million that from Lotto, <laughs> so the on it goes. On it goes. On it goes with Ladbrokes. The bet ticker would be going around. Going, uh, <laughs> call out Ladbrokes. Do you want forty million on Australia at a dollar? I got to win Lotto first. True. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think we're pretty good. Don't forget our racing comps. They're great to play. They keep running all week long. The sessions is back. Great point. A um, couple of things. Firstly. Uncle Malvin and I are heading down to Victoria next week. We're going to record five of the best podcasts we've ever recorded. They're all on the road, so it'll be great insight into stables and jockeys and trainers and all kinds of stuff. I won't tell you who they are because I don't want to mock it and them not actually come off, but they're going to be absolutely brilliant. That's all happening next week, and then we'll slowly um, feed them out to you over sort of four or five-week period. Saturday session is back, as you say. We're going to do a Saturday session on Saturday for the Magic Millions. We'll always enjoy doing them. It'll be good to get all the cameras out and take you guys into the net den on a Saturday afternoon. Then we'll put the cameras away again for a few weeks um, and we'll bring it back. And then we're going to do Saturday sessions. Once the racing gets serious, I think it's CFO stakes on February the 10th. We're going to do Saturday sessions the whole way through, all the way to, through the autumn until Stradbroke Day, which sort of ends the Queensland Winter Carnival. So really looking forward to that. As I said, it's full steam ahead in the den. Let's go up the den. Have a great day on Saturday. See you in the den then. <laughs>